This show is provided by ClassicPulp.com, your source for safe, high-quality Golden Age comics, audio tales, books, pulp stories, films, and more. Check them out online at ClassicPulp.com. The Green Hornet. He hunts the biggest of all game. Public enemies who try to destroy our America. With his faithful valet Cato, Britt Reed, daring young publisher, matches wits with racketeers and saboteurs risking his life that criminals and enemy spies will feel the weight of the law by the sting of the Green Hornet. Ride with Britt Reed in the thrilling adventure, The Man Who Fooled the World. The Green Hornet strikes again. Now that we have the 1943 tax all taken care of, a lot of us are going to have to start working on the tax declaration for 44. On the 15th of April, it will be necessary for the following people to file a tax declaration of their estimated 1944 income. First, single people who earn more than $2,700 annually, and married people who earn more than $3,500 individually or together, and whose wages are subject to withholding. Second, Everyone with a taxable income from sources not covered by withholding. Forms, as usual, can be secured from the local collector of internal revenue. These forms should be filled out not later than April 15th, and one quarter of the estimated tax is due at this time. Declarations and payments should be sent to your local collector of internal revenue. And now, the Green Hornet. Albert Patton was a personage of wealth and power in the world. One of those international figures of mystery who give allegiance to no flag, but who are adept at international politics, who manipulate their influence to further their own interests without regard to the results or effects on the world at large. It was a dark and cloudy night in the capital of a neutral country. Outside the Patton mansion, a sinister figure stood in the shadows, watching and waiting Soon another figure emerged from a side door of the mansion and moved quickly and silently across the lawn toward the waiting man. Hans. I am here, Hans. Uh, uh, I could not get away sooner. That Dumkoff Patton thinks a butler is nothing but a slave. Little does he know that the shroud of mystery with which he cloaks his movements has long been removed by our Nazi Gestapo. Uh Have your report. Yeah. In that report, I have shown that he visited another neutral country recently, 
There he met with certain leaders of the underground from one of the occupied countries, giving them unlimited means to carry on their work. Not without certain agreements, no doubt. Exactly. They made a trade pact with him to take effect in case their nation again becomes free after the war. Patton leaves for America tomorrow. Our agent, Teplitz, will make a deal with him to bring back certain plans. From what we already know of Patton, he would sell out our plans to anyone who paid enough for them. He will get in touch with Wessel in America. Have him trick Patton into showing his two hand. If he is double-dealing with Nazi Germany, his career will come to a sudden end. And in such a case, it will then be time to eliminate that self-styled diplomat of espionage, Herr Teplitz. Later that night, Albert Patton carried on an earnest conversation with Teplitz in the study of his home. You already know the terms under which I shall act to, shall we say, facilitate the work which your investigators are carrying on? <sighs> Don't be so reticent in saying that you'll carry messages to our foreign agents in America and bring back certain plans. Well, that's putting it rather harshly, Teplitz. I'm merely doing a service for one of my former clients. And since the war has caused us to cease being your client, as you put it, we are now buying your services. The money will be deposited to your account in a neutral bank. Half now, half when you return. It's only as a favor that I agree to do this. But I don't like the idea of carrying anything as tangible as plans on my person. I didn't... Now, have no fear, Herr Patton. You're known to carry certain headache capsules which you take frequently. Miniature plans will be in such capsules for you to carry back with you. You run no risk. Well, that's quite an ingenious method. In that case, I can handle the assignment for you. Uh, one other thing, Herr Patton. What's that? I must warn you against talking out of turn when you get to America. Teplitz, if you and my Nazi friends don't trust we me... We trust no one. We consider you our friend, yes. But you profess to be friendly with officials of other nations also. You come and go as you please, so you can be of help to us. But again, I warn you, be careful. A few weeks later, in the Federal Bureau office of a certain American city, the chief of the Bureau was talking to one of his investigators. I sent for you, Martin, because I want you to drop whatever you're on now and take up a special assignment. Of course, sir. What is it? Well, Albert Patton, that international mystery man as a paper's column, is in town. Yes, I read about his arrival in the Sentinel. Well, he has a suite at the Maximum Hotel. I have a report here on Patton. He's been in and out of the capitals of the belligerent nations going and coming as he pleased. Now, I'm suspicious of the fellow. I think he's more than phony. That's what you're to find out. Just what the man is really up to. Now, go about it in your own way, but keep a watch on him at all times. I have a hunch he's playing ball with the wrong team. I get it, Chief. I'll get right on it and see what's going on. If Patton's here for any undercover stuff, I'll do my best to find it out. That night, in front of the Maximum Hotel, a darkly clothed individual, after a furtive glance over his shoulder, 
entered a taxi cab and drove away into the darkness. He failed to notice the black sedan which pulled quickly from the curb a short distance back and took up his trail. There were two men in the sedan. They sat with upturned coat collars and hats pulled down, intently watching their quarry as the cab ahead raced toward the less favored part of the city. It is a good thing Herr Patton tipped you off, that the allied agent in the cab there has information detrimental to our country. He will not get far with any such information, Carl. Does it not seem strange to you that Herr Patton should have the agent come to see him and then tip me off as he did? What are you going to do about the allied agent? Exactly what Patton hoped we would do. There's no other way. Speed up, Carl. The street is dark and deserted. Get alongside that cab. Will you use the machine gun, then? Of course. Drive steady and close. I have the window down on my side here. Hey, what's the idea? Just this, my friend. The following morning, Michael Axford, reporter and self-designated bodyguard to Britt Reed entered the young publisher's office at the Daily Sentinel. Hello, Axford. Thought I heard your voice out there. Sure, I was having a little chat with Casey. Yeah. You want to see me, Reed? Yeah, sit down. Uh, thanks, I was going to anyway. <laughs> That's what I thought. Now, listen, Axford, I want you to try to get an interview with Albert Patton, that so-called international mystery man who's stopping at the Maximum Hotel. Who, me? Sure, why not? Patton won't bite you. He's a mystery only because nobody knows exactly what he's up to or where his allegiance stands. He lives in a neutral country and seems friendly with officials of all countries. And I, uh, I read in the Sentinel about how his dark influence was felt in every capital of the world. And I was thinking then he must be in league with the devil, maybe. Well, that means we don't know how he manipulates his international deals, Axford. <laughs> he won't give you the evil eye or anything like that. Oh, well, in that case, I'll go talk to him for you. Well, up to now, he wouldn't see any reporters, but maybe with luck you'll get by somehow. Uh, luck, is it? Say, now, it's my personality that gets me by. That it is, Reed. Okay. Have it your way. Go on over to his hotel and try that personality of yours. Maybe you'll turn up something that'll make a good story on that so-called man of mystery. What is it, senor? I've uh, come to see Mr. Patton. You have an appointment, perhaps? Well, in a way, I have. Come right in, senor. I am senor Patton's secretary. If you will tell him your name, I will let him know you are here. Uh, from the cute way you talk, I can tell it isn't from Ireland you come. But, uh, you're a foreigner, aren't you? Yes, yes, senor. My country is senor Patton's home. You have not told me your name. Uh, Michael Axford from the Daily Sentinel, and I've come oh, to... from a newspaper... You must leave at once, senor. Well, wait now, miss, uh, whatever your name I is, am I... I senorita Requena. Please, you must leave now. Pardon me, senor. I brought some capsules for Mr. Patton that you ordered from the drugstore. Oh, yes. Thank you very much. I will take them. So many of these capsules, senor Patton takes. He's always having headaches. <laughs> sure, they've sold lots of them pills lately with the people figuring their income taxes and all. Yeah, say, no, it keeps you busy running to the door all the time. That is part of my work, senor. Where is Tate, senorita Wilquena? Buenas tardes, senor Wester. Come in, please. Senor Patton did not expect you back until tonight at 9 o'clock. I know. He said he had difficulty getting those certain capsules in the city, so I brought some. Mm. 
But, senor, we have already managed to get some. Oh, it's all right, senorita. See that he gets these. Si, senor Wessel, of course. Good. Here they are. Senor Patton is engaged right now, but... Oh, then I will not wait. Be sure he gets the capsule, senorita. Adios. And buenos dias, senor. Say, now, do you think your boss would miss a couple of them pills? Uh, being a special kind, maybe they'll be handy next time I get a headache. I'm sure it is all right for you to have them, senor. There's more than enough with two boxes. Well, I'll just help myself then. Shall I get some water, senor? Oh, no, thanks. I haven't got the headache yet. Just being prepared, I, that I am. Say, now, that foreigner, does he come from your country, that uh, weasel guy? Senor Wessel speaks several languages very fluently. Where he comes from, it is not easy to tell. But it is not from my country or from yours. Later that afternoon, Axford returned to the Central Building and went to Britt Reed's office to report on his assignment. So you see, Reed, after all me sitting around, that guy wouldn't talk to me. It was worse than sitting in the Union Station, the way people were running in and out of that place. Well, who were all the callers? Did you get a line on any of them? Well, he had an American official in there for a while, and some guy with a name like Weasel or something came in and left some pills. Capsules, he called them. <laughs> Said he'd be back tonight at nine o'clock. Well, what's so unusual about that? Oh, did they say it was unusual? Say it all. Come to think of it, it was funny in a way. A bellhop brought some capsules that he said Patton ordered from the drugstore. Then that weasel guy comes along with some more. I'm thinking that man in mystery is one of them there hy- uh, hypochondriacs or something. <laughs> Hypochondriac is the word, Axford. Sure, that's what I said. That weasel guy looked like a big shot. Funny he should be running around delivering pills. Said he knew they were hard to get. Well, they couldn't be so hard to get if Patton called the drugstore and got some. That's right. Say now, you know when I came to the hotel lobby, who should be there but Martin from the Federal Bureau? He stopped me to ask why, what I was doing up in Patton's suite. That he did. Well, how did he know where you were? That's just what I'd like to know myself, Reed. Hmm. He must be watching Patton's place then. But that's what I thought, too. Oh, well, I guess I'll take one of them capsules I got at Patton's. No, I have got a headache. Here, here's one for you, Reed. Must be a special kind. <laughs> well, I'll keep it in case I need it, Axford. I haven't a headache. Yet. Well, I'm glad to hear that, Reed. I was afraid you'd have one over me not getting a story from Patton. Oh, Martin's watching that suite. There must be a good story there. It's about time somebody unveiled the mystery surrounding Patton, but I'm afraid the routine investigation by Martin will prove very little. But them Federals are good at catching up with people. Yeah, I know that. But Patton's a very clever manipulator, and it'll take an unorthodox method to bring his manipulations to light. I have a hunch, though, that the mystery will be solved. And when it is, the world will be surprised to know the truth about the great Albert Patton. We'll continue our Green Hornet adventure in just a minute. The tires that you have on your automobile today must last indefinitely. Tremendous demands for tires and other rubber products, plus manpower shortages, make it impossible to meet normal civilian requirements. The answer is simple. We can't get new ones, so we must make the tires we have last as long as possible. Here's what you can do to conserve your tires. Drive only when necessary and keep under 35 miles per hour. Have them inspected regularly and switch them every 5,000 miles. When the tread wears off, have them recapped. And share your car regularly so that the limited tire supply can serve more. The military requirements have to be met, 
and the civilian requirements can be met if we all observe strict conservation. And now, back to our story. That evening, Britt Reed went to his apartment where Cato, his faithful valet, and the only person knowing his identity as the Green Hornet, was waiting. Cato, have you read the article about Mr. Patton? Yes, Mr. Britt. He's very mysterious character. Yeah, Inspector Martin's watching his place. He must be under suspicion for some reason. You think Inspector arrest Mr. Patton? Well, Patton seems too clever to give reason for his arrest. They have to move carefully with a man of his influence and importance. Of course, with a definite reason, they could take him into custody. Sometimes complexities of laws interfere with the progress of justice, Mr. Britt. Sad, but true, Cato. What's that you have in hand, Mr. Britt? What? Oh, that. Well, that's a headache capsule Axford gave me. Got it at Patton's this afternoon. I didn't realize I'd taken it out of my pocket. Uh-oh. I crushed it. I guess I... Hmm. What is it, Mr. Britt? What you stare at? Cato, here in my hands is the reason why Patton should be taken into custody. That is part of the reason. The rest of the proof is still in his possession. Inside this was part of a plan in miniature. Someone not bound by complexities of law might get rest of proof. Such as the Green Hornet, is that it? You have quick perception, Mr. Britt. I'm sure now I have something tangible to go on. And Mr. Patton is one mystery I'd like to solve. Black Beauty's ready, also guess gun and mask. Yeah, we're on the way right now. Patton will have a visitor at 9 o'clock, Exford said. I want to get there earlier. Come on, Cato. The Green Hornet's going against big game this time, and we don't dare miss our shots. Stepping through a secret panel in the rear of a closet in his bedroom, Britt Reed and Cato went along a narrow passageway built within the walls of the apartment house itself. This passage led to an adjoining building which fronted on a dark side street. Though supposedly abandoned, this building served as the hiding place for the sleek, super-powered Black Beauty, streamlined car of the Green Hornet. Britt Reed pressed a button. The great car roared into life. A section of the wall in front raised automatically, then closed as the gleaming black beauty sped into the darkness. Headquarters. Hello, Sergeant Burke. Speaking. This is Inspector Martin. I'm calling to ask that you assign a couple of men to come over to the Maximum Hotel. Sure, Inspector. What's going on? Well, we found out from Washington that Patton once took out citizenship papers in the country. Since he's under suspicion, that gives me the right to get a search warrant issued. I'm going up and question him. At the same time, look over his files. So that's it. Yes, I want your men to watch for any visitors that may come for him and hold them until I can question them, too, unless they're properly identified. Okay, Inspector. I'll come myself and bring another man with me. We'll come over right away. Good. I'll meet you just outside and tell you what to do. Goodbye. So long, Inspector. Uh, what is it, Sarge? None of your business. Cassidy, get the squad car out. We're going to the... To the, uh... Well, uh, uh, why don't you finish what you started to say? Uh, what's the use? When you get that hangdog look on your mug, I always give in. Come on, Axford. Maybe a scoop will fall on your lap in spite of your clumsiness. 
And you better move fast or you'll miss what may be the pinch of the ear. Carl, that car's been following us too long now. I don't like it. What are you going to do to get rid of him, Harris? I will get rid of him. It may be that our car will be smashed in doing so. But I do not understand. Listen, it is important that I finish what we have begun with Herr Patton. I'm not due there until nine o'clock. But I will change the time and go as soon as I stop that man from following us. I should be there by eight o'clock. And to man behind is not easy to lose, Herr Vessel. Then we will stop him forcibly. You will turn quickly into the next street. Then start the car in reverse and we will jump out. Time it so that his car will smash into it. We will continue in a taxi. Turn here. Put it in reverse and then jump. I'll get out now. Here it goes. There goes the other car. Let us run, Carl. Find a taxi. Meantime, Britt Reed and Cato arrived in the alley behind the Maximum Hotel, not knowing that Wessel had arrived early and that the federal man and police were on the way to Patton's place. I found out the location of the suite from Axford so I can reach it from the fire escape. Mr. Patton in for a big surprise tonight. He not expect Green Hornet to pay visit. I'm hoping to find him alone, Cato. And I hope what I'm after will turn out to be what I suspect. You not say what you look for, Mr. Britt? More capsules with the other parts of the plan in miniature. Each of many capsules probably contain a part of one big plan. Use of headache capsules very clever. Yes. But this time I think Patton is in for a headache he won't forget because of those capsules. I didn't expect you until nine o'clock. My secretary must have made a mistake. Where is your secretary, Herr Patton? She's retired to a room on another floor. Good. It is best we be alone. She made no mistake. I decided to come earlier. You were fortunate I received you before nine. Who is that man out in the anteroom? Carl is one of my associates. He will see to it that we are not disturbed. What's the meaning of this sudden high-handedness? You had a visitor this afternoon. An American official, did you not? Yes, but I had to establish such context to allay suspicion. We expected that you should. But you have overplayed your hand, Herr Patton. As Americans say, you've been talking out of both sides of your mouth. What do you mean by that? How dare you I have been followed all day. Why? The Federal Bureau has a man in the lobby all day. Why? Because you talked a little too freely. That's why. I also know you sold certain information here. Don't try to bluff me, Wessel. Your superiors should know your nerves are too shaky for this job. I'm used to being watched. It's nothing new. As for trying to bluff me into admitting anything, <laughs> you don't know me very well. Patton, one of the so-called American officials who came here with credentials and to whom you offered to sell information was one of my clever operators, a Nazi agent in disguise. Impossible. 
He was still trying Look. The same papers he showed you today. Forged, of course. But you wouldn't know that. Look. So. You tried to trick me, Herr Whistle? <laughs> I did trick you, Herr Patton. Oh, no, you didn't. I knew all the time he was your man. I'd let him on just to make you show your hand, Whistle. I should most certainly report this when I return. But you will not return, my friend. Put away that gun, you fool. Patton, you are a man of steel nerve. I have to give you credit for that. But it will do you no good. Herr Patton, I am really going to shoot. No, you're not, Nazi. Hold it. The mess, man. <laughs> you are smarter than I thought, Patton. You have hired the notorious Green Hornet as a bodyguard. I'm not hired yet. But if it pays enough, it might be a good idea. I'm, I'm hiring you then at your own price. I always like my pay in advance. I have money in a drawer right here. Plenty of money on hand. Yes, I suppose you have a lot of payoffs in cash to put across your deals. Get the money out. Yes. There. $20,000. Thanks. Now, what do you want me to do? Eliminate this Nazi weasel? No, no, wait. I have money, too. I will pay you. Look, all this I have... Bank night. Thanks, I'll take it. Nice little haul. Okay, Patton, I'll stand by while you finish your business. As my bodyguard, why not? Now, whistle those plans you gave me in the capsule. I have it here in my pocket. As you go back and turn them over, not to your representative, but to the highest bidder among the officials in the neutral capital where I reside. Uh, you've been stupid. You are the stupid one. I still have the capsule with the plans right here, Herr Patton. I did not trust you, you see. I'll take that. Good work on it. You should be worth what I paid you. Get him, Carl. I've got him. <coughs> Good for you, Carl. You caught him unawares. Now we'll get through with Patton and then we'll... Somebody shut out the lights? Yes, but that will not save you, not my friend. play with gun in dark, weasel. Swine, you will not get away. I'll find you. Here I am. See? There's my chance to get out of here. Not so fast, fella. Oh, good. Glad you're able to trip him. I've got you, though. You Take this lug. Here, here's a flashlight. They all knocked out. Police coming, sound like. What you do? Opening these capsules, kiddo. There. We'll put these in Patton's hand. That'll convict a lot of them. And here's a lot of money to give to the Red Cross. All right, come on. Let's get away. Come from in here, but the lights are out. I've got a flash. Glory be, look there. Say, that's the guy who was here this afternoon. That one's Patton. I've seen him before. Hey, here's another one. Hold that light closer here. Ah, Patton has something in his hand. Several open capsules with tiny papers sticking out of them. Let's see. What are they, Inspector Martin? Hey, that other guy brought in a box of them pills today. These little papers are all parts of one plan in miniature. Sergeant? I'd have searched forever and never have turned up this if somebody hadn't planted those capsules in Patton's hand like that. Planted, you say? Ah. Look at the evidence around here. Can't you see who did all this? The Green Hornet. The Green Hornet? Say, no. It could be at that. I'm sure of it. He was probably working along with Patton. But Patton crossed up the wrong man when he crossed that fella. Yes, Sergeant? It took the Green Hornet to show up a man who has fooled the world for years. <laughs> Let's go, Speed! Take Bob! In the 
many of our wounded fighting men, the blood plasma sent to them by the Red Cross means the difference between life and death. During the past three years, Americans have given six million pints of blood. The quota for 1944 alone is five million pints. Now, it costs money to collect and deliver this plasma. New blood donor centers and mobile units will have to be established this year. The money needed to maintain this service and all the work done by the Red Cross comes entirely from the voluntary contributions of the American people. During the month of March, we Americans are going to be asked to contribute a minimum of $200 million to the 1944 Red Cross War Fund. When the Red Cross worker calls at your home, please give as generously as you can. Be sure to listen to The Green Hornet next week at this same time. These copyrighted dramas originate in the studios of WXYZ Detroit. All characters, names, places, and incidents are fictitious. Bob Height speaking. This is the Blue Network.